Welcome back, everybody. It's the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Martinez. On a Thursday, December 27th, 2018, two days removed from Christmas. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas or whatever you decide to observe, or maybe you observed nothing. Uh, I hope you had a great time with your family. And if you didn't celebrate any holidays, well, then I hope you just had a great week in general since the last time uh, we talked. So, yeah, enjoy the holiday season. Uh, it's not over yet. It's not quite over because uh, today's the 27th. This is the last episode of the calendar year. This is the last crowd noise for 2018. Uh, yes, there will be an episode uh, next week. There's going to be an episode every single week. I was actually looking at the calendar this morning because I was, uh, um, was actually looking for a break. I was like, man, I don't get any like I don't get any holidays for myself for the crowd noise. So the next holiday that happens to fall on a Thursday is the Fourth of July. So there will most likely be a crowd noise episode every Thursday from now until the 4th of July, and you're probably going to get a 4th of July special uh, anyway. So you don't have to worry about missing out uh, on any crowd noise episodes. Uh, if you did miss out on one, you feel free to go back and uh, give those old episodes a listen. Uh, tell me what you think. New Year's Eve is, is it Monday or Tuesday? It's coming up this week. It is on, New Year's Eve is a Monday, okay. And then New Year's Day is obviously in January. So this is the last episode of this calendar year. Next time I see you, it will be 2019. I'm not going to make that, that dumb joke. Um, I won't see you till next year. I'm not going to. So I, I just told you what the joke is, but I'm not making a joke. There is a difference between just saying a joke and telling a joke. There's a, there's a big difference. And uh, I just told you a joke, but I didn't. No, I didn't tell you. I just said a joke without telling you a joke. So there's that. We're off to a great start already. <laughs> um, it's finally here. It is finally here. We, the moment that I, I don't know about you, um, but the moment I have been waiting for since we started the show way back, way back when in August, we've come a long way. We have come a long way. Believe me, we've come a, we, a really long way. The show was nothing at the beginning. It was just, it was bad. It was just so terrible. It's less terrible now at this point. I'm very proud of that fact. Um, and we've been waiting for this ever since that very first episode in August. The college football playoff is upon us. It is finally here. And quite frankly, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, sometimes, I mean, everyone kind of has their days when they're, they're not really feeling it. The only reason we're having an episode or a show today is because of the college football playoff. There's no way I could skip this. I had to have a college football playoff special or, or episode, you know, covering the games. Those will both be on Saturday, December the 29th. So that's two days from today or whenever you're listening to it you might be listening to it this um on saturday so maybe just for you for those of you the college football playoff is today or for those of you who listen you know weeks after i i uh, release an episode then the college football playoff has already passed but nevertheless at the time of this recording the college football playoff is not here yet it is on its way uh this saturday uh the 29th i cannot wait for that we will definitely be doing both we're going to be picking both semifinals games the cotton bowl and the orange bowl this year we're not going to be doing a national championship prediction yet believe me we're going to, we're definitely going to make those but it's been so long since we've seen these teams or maybe it hasn't even been that long it just feels like a really long time since any relevant call i haven't watched i'm going to be honest with you i haven't watched one bowl game this year these bowl games are ridiculous we have to find a way to not eliminate bowl season because I, I, you know how I feel. I'm not. I am against expanding the playoff. If we're going to eight, 
I am against it, but it's not the end of the world. If we're going to 1632, any, then I am, I am out. I'm not, I'm not for that because you're just you're ruining the integrity of the college football season. But I haven't watched one bowl game all year because they're just so they're ridiculous. I, what was it last year? I don't even know what bowl game, what the name of the bowl game was last night. There was nine total interceptions. It's ridiculous. Like it's just there's been horrendous football on. Um, so I haven't, I haven't watched any bowl games. I can't wait. I can't wait for this Saturday to f- watch some real college football. Finally, some relevant games. I mean, even I don't have to watch playoff games. Like it doesn't, always, but like relevant. I mean, the Rose Bowl, you know, the Fiesta Bowl. And I don't, I don't care. Call me picky. I mean, I am a picky guy when it comes to college football. I'm not gonna watch, you know, I'm not gonna watch the Idaho, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, or every, everyone's favorite, the San Diego County. Or hang on, hang on. It's it's a long name, but I know it's the San the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. That's a full everyone. That's a, it's a classic. I mean, you can't get rid of the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. It's, it'd be a travesty to college football. Um, so I can't wait. I can't wait for Saturday. Week seventeen in the NFL is upon us this Saturday, or is it Saturday? Or is it Sunday? No, there are no games on Saturday because of the college football playoff. All the games are going to be on Sunday, as they should be. All games should be on Sunday with one game on Monday, but like I said, I'm not in charge. Roger Goodell is. So, but this week we get, we finally get our wish. We get all games on Sunday. We are doing this. And last week we went long because we were doing our playoff rankings or Super Bowl rank or whatever. I don't know, whatever we, whatever we did last week, we, we did it. Uh, we didn't have any picks, however. So this week, because it's week 17 and because we didn't have a single pick last year and because I didn't get to talk to any of you guys on Christmas Day. I'm throwing in an extra stuffing, uh, stuffing stucker. I'm throwing in an extra stocking stuffer. I'm going to give you one extra bonus pick this week. You're welcome. Don't even, don't mention it. I, it's the least I can do for all of my loyal listeners, all seven of you. I, so here you, I'm giving you an extra NFL pick because we didn't do any last week and because it's Christmas and also because we need to fill out time. So there, we're going to do four picks this week. And also, like we do every week to end the show, a quote of the week. This one is, uh, I'm going to be honest, it's not great. It's not one of our, we had a string of like three weeks in a row where we had fan, we had great quotes of the week. I mean, they were just fantastic. You can't, you can't have like A's every single week. So this week, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, not, I'm honest with you guys. You can cut out early if you want to. I, w- I won't blame you. I'm going to stick around the whole time because, it's, I mean, well, duh. I mean, I'm, I'm the voice. I'm the guy. So I have to keep going. But you, if you want to cut out, you want to skip the quote of the week, I will not hold anything against you. Just know that I see your name on, on my screen and what time you cut out. So I know who you are. So just, I mean, you just make your decisions wisely. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into the NFL picks. We're going to save our college football playoff. We're a little bit later in the show. Oh, this, uh, yeah, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Anchor, the quickest and easiest way to start your very own podcast. And by the way, it's 100% free and easy to use. We're going to be hearing more from them later on in the show. I didn't say it last week. I forgot to say this episode is brought to you by, um, I just I just forgot. So um, sorry to Anchor and thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring uh, this episode. Let's go ahead and get right into it. The NFL picks for this week we're doing four because because i'm just such a nice guy i'm just i'm just a pure soul i'm just a, a great person i have a heart of gold 
So we're doing four picks this week instead of three. Don't even, I know you're, you're on your knees and your hands are to the sky praising whoever. Because again, we're, we're um, tolerant to whoever you want to observe. Uh, I know you're just thanking the heavens. But don't, I mean, this is nothing to me. It's really just the, the, the kindest thing I could do for you. So our first game we're doing. Or hang on, well, I have like a, like a non sequitur here. I haven't had a perfect week all year. College or NFL, I haven't had a perfect three for three because I we normally do three games a week. I don't know why I just picked three. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm starting to really question the integrity of the show because it's the end of the year. You know, maybe New Year's resolution. I'll pr- I'll put some effort into this. I don't know. Maybe I can't promise you that, but uh, I might put some effort in uh, in 2019. I haven't had a perfect week all year long. I I couldn't. Uh, I didn't get three for three in any. I think I went two for three. I want to say twice. I didn't also, yeah, I'm really going to, I have to put more effort in. I didn't keep track of my record. Like, I don't even know how my picks, I just made these picks blindly and just, and just hoped for the best. And then I, I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't have to come to terms with, with the, um, the consequences of my decisions. So, I mean, if you were, if you use my picks to gamble or to bet, I would say, Honestly, that was not that was a very unwise decision because I don't even remember like ninety percent of the picks that I make. So that so if I cost you money, that one number one, that's on you because I didn't I wasn't aware of this. I mean, I'm just making the show. Uh, and number two, not that I, didn't, I put effort. I mean, I I know what I'm like. I do my research on the game, but after like Sunday, I don't even remember who I picked. That's gonna change next year. I'm gonna next year. I promise you, I'm gonna write down. All year long, like the teams that I picked, how they did, I'm gonna have a record. So next year, by the end, by week 17 next year, I'm gonna have like a record on the season for you. So that way we can document and keep me honest because right now it's it's a madhouse here in in the crowd noise uh, headquarters and people are just running around. There's no discipline. We're, we're changing that next year. So after all that, I know for a fact I didn't have a perfect week. Maybe that's why I didn't keep. It was a self-conscious decision. I didn't keep track because I knew I wasn't getting a perfect week. Um, but I do have some level of integrity. I have some level of integrity. And the reason I say that is because this week there are some there are some duds. I mean, there are some bad games that are bad quality games, but easy to pick. I could easily pick and go three for three this week and close out the season on a high note. But I respect you far too much to just to cop out and just pick the Rams and the, and the 49ers and who, just bad games. So I'm actually I'm doing the opposite. If I'm going to go out perfect, I'd rather go out in a blaze of glory and pick the absolute toughest games to pick this week. And if I get them right, awesome. If I get them wrong, well, I, I, you know what? I gave it my best effort, and I will keep track of who I picked this week, actually. So this week, this, if you're ever going to bet on any of my picks, this is the week to do it because I'm, I'm putting my full attention and effort into this week because it's the last week. And yeah, so here we go. Uh, I'm picking all games that there are that there's a playoff spot on the, every game that I'm picking. There's a, at least one team that is fighting for a playoff spot or fighting to stay in. So all these games are going to be competitive. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I have no idea. You really don't know what's going to happen. I tell I'm telling you what I think is going to happen. But in these competitive games, end of the year, I mean anything anything goes. So I mean you're just gonna, there's going to be like a wild card factor in these games. Just like madness is going to start ensuing. So there's that. I mean, I'm, I'm going for broke here. With the first game we're picking this week. One of four. Remember, we get 
a bonus pick this week. I know how excited you all are for that extra pick, and I can't wait to give it to you. Uh, it's coming soon enough. Here's number one, Colts and Titans. Now, both of these teams are on the bubble. I mean, they're really on the borderline. The Colts are the last team in in the AFC, and the Titans are the first team out uh, in the AFC. The game is in Tennessee. I already said that, Colts at Titans, um, where they have played considerably well. I mean, the Titans have played well at home, uh, less so on the road. The Titans really aren't very good, but they are hot. The Titans have been playing well as of late. As of the past maybe three, four, maybe even five weeks, I, I saw the game against the, the Redskins, um, or the Washington, D.C. football team. Uh, they looked great, or the Redskins looked bad. I mean, because they really dominated that game. The time of possession, was it was a joke. I mean, they had the ball from the first quarter, and they didn't give the ball back until two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was they just dominated the time of possession. They, that's kind of the new formula to win in the NFL. If you don't have a home run hitting offense, you just keep the ball away from the other team. There's a bunch of teams that follow that formula. Uh, the Titans, the Colts, uh, we're going to get to them in a second. The Cowboys, the Bears, and the Seahawks, uh, just to name a few. I might be uh, The Jaguars, even though they don't do it very well. Um, there's a bunch of teams who follow that formula, play uh, good defense or better, and run the ball, run the ball, just keep the ball out of, away from the other team. And the reason the Titans have been so good these past few weeks is because of one Derrick Henry. Ever since his all-time great... Oh, wait, okay... Uh, well, let me get this out of the way. Ever since his all-time great fantasy performance, and keep that, hold that in your back pocket. I'd like to give a very quick, and I mean quick, because I don't want to spend any more time on this than I have to, but a very brief shout-out to one coach, Anthony Mata. I know he hates Anthony, I think, or does he? I don't know. I don't care. Tony, my boy Tony Mata, the grand champion, the ultimate, the ultimate competitor, the greatest of all champions, won our fantasy league that we that I have with me uh, and and some friends and, and Coach Mata, obviously the champion. He is the greatest of all victors. He won this week in a decisive victory over one Stephen Martinez. That's right. I failed all. I failed all of you, all of my listeners listeners who depend on me to bring home championship banners and confetti we didn't do it we didn't get the job done but he won fair and square i mean you know what i can't get mad well i am kind of mad i lost i can't lie i'm furious i mean i'm like there are veins popping out of my eyelids right now no that's how angry i am but he won fair and square uh his team played fantastic at christian mccaffrey alvin kamara uh andrew luck uh i forgot who his, who his receivers were oh Devonte adams and then Julian Edelman. So, I mean, it pretty much stopped the Devontae Adams. But they all played great. I think everyone on his team got a touchdown. <laughs> Almost everyone on his team got a touchdown, I think, except for his defense and uh, maybe his tight. No, he had David Njoku, so he also scored a touchdown. Uh, I was fighting an uphill battle. I had uh, I had Patrick Mahomes, Melvin Gordon, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen. Now, I know you're saying, uphill battle? What are you talking about? But no one scored. I don't think one player on my team scored outside of Patrick Mahomes. DeAndre Hopkins, or did he score one touchdown? Look, one touchdown from one player is going to be one touchdown from six players. So uh, Tony Mata, he won. Uh, he got the grand prize of $200. That tells you how uh, cheap the league members are. But he won $200. And uh, congratulations to him. Uh, if he's listening, he's probably not. But if he's listening, congratulations. I extend to you 
a virtual handshake through your headphones or your speakers. However you're listening, I extend a handshake to you. Congratulations, mate. You've done it. So on that note, Derek Henry. And I complete. I almost forgot. I'm not going to lie. I almost forgot to give him a shout-out because he said, hey, I won. Do I get a shout-out? I said, yeah, of course. I mean, come on. You're the champion, of course. No, there's no problem. It really only took me, uh, what, it take me four minutes? Well, that's because I'm not good. I'm not very good at... Uh, at uh, podcasting so yeah when I give someone congratulations it goes on for like 15 minutes so uh, it's no problem but I almost forgot I'm not gonna lie I didn't, I didn't remember until I saw Derek Henry uh, fantasy performance and I was like oh I gotta do a fantasy shout out so uh, one last time congratulations Tony we're on I'm gonna call you Tony now because uh, no, no more coach for you because I'm, I'm pretty upset that I lost so uh, good on you Tony with that, Derrick Henry, he's been on fire since his all-time great fantasy performance. And no, I did not have him on my team. And no, Tony Mata did not have him on his team. So there's, there's that. Uh, the Titans have been great because Derrick Henry's found a resurgence. Ever since then, he's been fantastic. I think he scored, he scored a touchdown, at least one touchdown, in every game since that game. I think, who did they play? I don't even remember who they played. But he had a 99-yard touchdown, and he went off. In our league, he had 63 points, just so I can keep... Uh, talking about my fantasy league and the titans have been they've been winning games ever since then they've been winning games they've been playing a lot better because derrick henry has been uh performing to the level that we thought or maybe above the level that we thought he was capable of because all season long he's been a big disappointment i mean he's been very disappointing all year long and now he's finally living up and beyond his standards and the titans are winning games but they're playing the colts and they actually have a i mean they have a good formula for playing against the Colts and specifically Andrew Luck, keep the ball away from Andrew Luck, which is like, that is, I think that's the philosophy in football nowadays is there's so many great quarterbacks. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even going to go into the list of how many great quarterbacks there are. We don't have enough time. So that, I think that's the idea behind or the philosophy behind you just run the ball, bleed the clock out. Don't let the other team score or don't let their other quarterback beat us. And that's a good idea, but the Colts, I mean, they're great. They have a great defensive line. They're much... I really like the Colts this year. I mean, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I know this, but they're much improved from last year. Their offensive line is revamped. Their defensive line is revamped. And they have balance. I mean, they have... They're, obviously, they play way more vertically uh, than Tennessee with Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. But they have balance with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. I think I'm saying that right. I might, I'm probably saying it wrong. But Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack have given them balance on offense, something they have not had... For a while, Andrew Luck doesn't have to be the superhero, but he's more than capable of being the superhero. Uh, the Colts are seeing the results of giving Andrew Luck the kind of supporting cast that he deserves, a, a, a prop, an NFL offensive line, not a, a JV high school offensive line that he's had for throughout his career, um, a real defense. Uh, I'm taking the Colts this week. I think they're just too much for the Titans. The, tit- the Titans will keep it close. Uh, and I think Andrew Luck will end up will take over because they play vertically, and the Titans are inept at really throwing the ball downfield. Down field. So I think the Titan, uh, the Colts will ultimately uh, just wear the Titans down, and the, the Andrew Luck's going to take over. I think they'll seal up that last spot in the AFC playoff picture. Colts, twenty-seven twenty. Uh, second game, Bears and Vikings, two of four. Uh, this is going to get really, really bad. I mean, this one's in Minnesota. That's the only advantage Minnesota has going into this game is that they're playing in a dome, and, I mean, that's it. They're playing They're playing at home in, inside. The Bears are just fantastic. They're the best defense 
in the whole league. I don't care about the metrics or the analytics because the analytics would tell you that Baltimore is the best defense in the league, and I disagree. I, I'm going with Chicago every single time. Uh, the Vikings, since firing John Filippo have been better. They've been improved. They're running the ball more with Dalvin Cook. Uh, are they, I think they're undefeated. Or they're 2-1. and one, or I think they're undefeated. But they've played mediocre teams. Less than mediocre teams. They beat Miami, and then they beat Detroit. So that's not the kind of resume that's that's really jumping out at me. Like the Vikings are having a resurgence and they're getting hot uh, at just the right time. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he he likes to turn the ball over, and the Bears are a very opportunistic defense. Uh, the, even if you take the Vikings have a philosophy now of taking, they have that same philosophy philosophy of we're going to run the ball, we're going to keep the defense on the field, wear them down. Well, good luck because you're going to have to run against Leonard Floyd and uh, Khalil Mack. I almost said Marlon Mack. Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd. So good good luck with that game plan. Whatever your game plan is, I mean, the, the best of luck to you because you're going up against Chicago's defense. Uh, Chicago doesn't have much to play for this week. They do have something to play for. It's not a nothing game, but they do have one thing to play for, and that's a first-round buy. Uh, barring or pending a Rams loss, but they're playing San Francisco, so I, I expect the Rams, even resting all their stars, they should be able to lock up that first round bye. But the Bears have the opportunity to knock the Vikings out of the playoffs. And being at home, obviously, it's going to be a Minnesota crowd. So what does that have to do with anything, Stephen? Well, it's going to be loud. It's going to be electric. There's going to be a lot of tension in the air. You're going to be able to feel it. I can feel it coming in the air tonight is what Matt Nagy is going to be saying. He has something to play for. I mean, it, because the Vikings are going to be playing for their lives, it's hard to not try if any of you play sports it's hard to not give any effort when your opponent is giving the effort of a lifetime when they're playing for their lives it's hard for you to not try so I feel like the Bears are going to be playing for the win it's a rivalry game all the NFC North North games are just old classic bitter rivalry so I think the Bears are going to be playing their starters they are going to be playing to win and I like the Bears big in this well I mean not the Bears don't score a lot of points but they don't let you score any points. So I think it's going to be 24 to 6, a uh, pretty wide margin in the NFL. Uh, I'll take the Bears. They're going to be, uh, I predict if any of you guys do that um what are those prop bets? Uh, there will be a, a turnover for a touchdown in this game. Just so you know. I told you I'm pulling out all the stops this week. It's the last episode of 2018. We're putting in all of our effort. So there will be a defensive touchdown in this game by Chicago and no offensive touchdowns by Minnesota for what that's worth second or third game three of four we're now to our regular limit and we're one away from receiving the all-time the elusive bonus pick we're one we're one away uh it's the Steelers and the Bengals in Pittsburgh now the Steelers are extremely frustrating they went full Steeler last week it was a game that they should have won because the Saints have ironically been struggling on offense. They haven't been scoring as much as we're used to. I don't think it's a big problem, but it's the truth. They haven't been scoring. And a game that they could have won, the Steelers. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster fumbled in field goal range, which would have uh, would have tied it or given, given him the lead. Uh, it would have extended the game for sure. I didn't, I didn't watch the game. Like I said, I lost in fantasy. Um, the games were over by 2 o'clock, so um, the Saints game really had no meaning to me. So I, I didn't even watch the game. I was, I was sad, so I, I didn't even watch the game. I'll be honest with you. I was, I was in a dark place. 
but it's over now. I'm 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 here, so uh, let's move past that. I didn't watch the game, but they I did see the fumble. They fumbled in field goal range, and that was the deciding play. I mean, it was over after that. All the Saints had to do was uh, take a knee two or three times. The game was over. But I don't know how much confidence I would have even had in Chris Boswell making the field goal if Juju Smith-Schuster hadn't fumbled. I don't know how much confidence I would have had in the Steelers uh, getting on and off the field and managing the clock. I mean, the Steelers, this is what they do. They're the epitome of just talent, 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 but no discipline. They have talent all over. They're probably the best roster in the AFC. You could make the argument they're the best roster in the NFL. I mean, you could really make that argument, and I wouldn't fight you on it because they are that talented, but they have no discipline. There's no coordination, um, and it, it, it was on full display. And They should have won that game. They should have won. I know I said I didn't watch it. I watched the first two. I watched the first half because I was hoping Alvin Kamara wouldn't score, then he scored, and then I walked out. So I, I partially lied to you there. They should have won that game, and they didn't. This is what the Steelers do. And they have another game this week where they should win. They're a home favorite, and they're playing the awful Cincinnati Bengals. But the Bengals are bad. I mean, the Bengals are terrible. At some point, the Steelers, they like to play down their, to their opponents, but they're so talented, they might not be able to reach as far down as Cincinnati is. So I think they'll win this game. It'll be a close. They'll probably win by like a field goal or something because they play down to their opponents, which I don't like. I'm not... I'm not a Steeler hater because I know people. Whenever you say you don't like a team, you're automatically a hater and and you're biased. That's not. I'm not a Steeler hater. They just frustrate me because they should be much better than what they are, and they're they're not. So I'll take the Steelers. Um, wow. So I have a score here. I have it 40 to 28. I don't know about that. I'll take the Steelers. Uh, I'll give them four touchdowns. I'll give them 28-20 Steelers. I don't know where 40 to 28 came from. I have that on my notes here, but scratch that. For any of you betting, that's erase that, 40 to 28. I have the Steelers winning 28-20. So about a touchdown favorite. I mean, I think that's fair because I think they'll probably pull away late. And even eight points, that's not, that's not pulling away. But you get the point. They'll, they'll, they'll take over late in the game because Cincinnati just does not have <laughs> – they're missing everybody. They're not a very good team to begin with, so – there's that. And the last game, we finally, we've made it the legendary bonus pick. It's the Browns and the Ravens. Now, why did I pick the Browns and the Ravens? Because it's so closely related to the Steelers. Uh, the, last, the Steelers can only get into the playoffs if they win their division. It's just the way the, the, uh, the records are. They can't get in as a wild card. They have to win their division. They can do that if the Ravens were to lose and the Steelers were to win. I have the Steelers winning. Uh, the Ravens... I picked, as I, I say it like every single week, I'm going to say it again. I picked them to win the North in the beginning of the season. And it's starting to look, well, they're in first place right now, so I should pick the Ravens to win because I want to be right from preseason, right? Well, no, because, and here's why. The Ravens are the new team of the week. There's always been, there, every single week or two or three weeks, there's been a new team that everyone's favorite. Uh, at first it was the Rams, then it was the Chiefs, and then it was... Or, you know, it was the Chiefs, and then it was the Rams, and then it was the Saints, and now it's the Ravens. And some people are even going as far as to say the Ravens are like Super Bowl contenders or Super Bowl favorites in the AFC. I, uh, where did that come from? I mean, pump the brakes there. Where did that come from? Because they beat the Chargers uh, handily in a soccer stadium. Everyone is all in on the Ravens, and this is the perfect 
formula. It's a perfect recipe for them to explode. They're at home. They're a favorite, and they're playing a team that has nothing to play for. The Browns are out. The Browns are going to win this game. The Browns are going to win this game in Baltimore and send the Steelers into the playoffs, which makes me upset because the Steelers are not going to learn. They're not going to learn anything if they get handed a playoff berth, but they're getting in. I'm taking the Browns this week. Uh, where are Where is my score? I don't have a score here. I'll take the Browns. Well, the Ravens' defense isn't going to collapse. I think there will be holes. I think Baker Mayfield is going to have a, a big day uh, in Baltimore and a big day for him is like 250 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb should get involved in some goal line situations. I'll take the Browns 24-17. Yeah, sure, touchdown favor, why not? I think the Ravens just have, with all the hype, all the attention, uh, Eric Weddle was saying no one wants to see us in the AFC. It's the perfect scenario for them to explode at home and miss out on the playoffs. I think the Browns will spoil the Ravens' season and send the Steelers into the playoffs, and there it is. Are the let the I saved the bonus pick for the most daring of all my picks. It's the only upset that I have in all of in all four of my picks. It's the only upset I have, and it's so it's going against my preseason pick too. So this was not just any any uh, run of the mill bonus pick. This was an all timer you just witnessed here. Those are all of our NFL picks. Um, for well, this these are all of our NFL picks for this year. I mean, we're gonna do playoff picks, of course, but for the regular season, that's it. These are the last four that you're gonna see until next year. So um, enjoy it. <laughs> uh, time for the ads. All right, let's go ahead and get into our college football semifinal playoff predictions. There's only two, obviously. We're not doing all the the bowl season. Well, number one, because bowl season's already more than halfway completed. And number two, none of the Bulls are really all that exciting. The only non-playoff games I watch, every year I watch the Rose Bowl. Well, every year I watch the playoff game in the National Championship. Duh. Like, those are obviously. And then I watch I watch two non-playoff bowl games every single year. I watch the Rose Bowl religiously. I always love the Rose Bowl. It's the best. The granddaddy of them all. And then I, I pick one. Like, which one is the best, I guess, New Year's Six non-playoff? And this year, in my opinion, it's the Peach Bowl Michigan and Florida. That game is going to be fantastic. I cannot, I cannot wait for that game. I think it's the most evenly matched bowl game. I think it, like both teams really mirror each other. It's going to be the. I think it's going to be the most competitive, the most exciting bowl game. And other than that, I'm really not going to watch any other bowl games. There's no, there's no other bowl games out there that that pique my interest. And even the Rose Bowl that I watch every single year, this game is not at all intriguing. It's Washington and Ohio State, and it's Urban Meyer's last game ever. Ohio State's going to be playing like it's the nat. They got left out, so they're they have that chip on their shoulder. They're going to be playing like it's the national championship. They're going to run through Washington. They are going to destroy them. I, it's not even going to be a good game. I'm going to watch it because I love the Rose Bowl, but even I know it's not going to be a good game. It's actually Urban Meyer's first ever Rose Bowl. That's I mean is. Sounds interesting. Urban Meyer's great as he's been. He's never been to a Rose Bowl for whatever reason. I mean, he was at Florida. They don't go to Rose Bowls. And then Ohio State, um, this, this is his first appearance in the Rose Bowl since since coming to Ohio State. So so good on him. I, uh, as a coach, he's one of the all-time greats. Uh, we don't have to discuss anything else with Urban Meyer because we don't have the time for that. But Ohio State's going to win the Rose Bowl. So there's your, there's your non-playoff predictions. The first one on Saturday, the 29th in Cotton Bowl, the... Clemson Tigers against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That one is going to be at 1 o'clock. That's 1 o'clock 
Pacific time. I don't know where you live. Uh, I'm not going to accommodate everyone. I accommodate everyone for their beliefs and their life values. I don't accommodate everyone for their, their time zone. So one o'clock Pacific, you have Google, figure it out. Uh, it's going to be the first game, obviously, of the day. Well, the first game of the playoff. It's the day game. Uh, Clemson, they are missing, as you may or may not have heard. Clemson and Alabama, but we will get to them uh, next, obviously. Clemson is missing Dexter Lawrence, a backup offensive tackle Zach Giella, and freshman tight end Braden Galloway. All those players are out over drug abuse crimes. I don't know how to... I really butcher... That tells you how much of a square I am. I don't even know what, what the violation is called. They were... They were caught with with drugs. I don't even with it could have been Robitussin. It could have been crack cocaine. So for all I'm for all I know, I, they they're out. They're not playing. So I mean that's all you need to know. Uh, I, Dexter Lawrence, he's one of the the biggest NFL prospects come uh, this year. So that's that's a pretty big hit for Clemson. Uh, I think it will factor in because Notre Dame has annually some of the best offensive lines in the country, uh, and Clemson conversely has. Some of the best defensive lines annually along with Alabama and Ohio State. Every single year, Clemson is one of the best defensive lines. So I think it will help Notre Dame and Ian Book slightly, but not. I mean, they have so much depth on those teams. Uh, Davos Sweeney is recruited so well. They have so much depth. I don't know how much of an impact it will actually have. And the other two players talking about a, a backup uh, offensive lineman and then a freshman tight end. So Clemson's not hurting as much from these uh, suspensions as, as much as Alabama might. And we again, we will get to them in a minute. Uh, Notre Dame, they, have, they haven't really, dom- they're undefeated. They haven't lost all year long. But they haven't dominated one team, one formidable team. And I'm putting an emphasis on the word formidable. They haven't dominated a formidable opponent since all the way back in week one when they beat Michigan. Uh, Michigan scored a late touchdown to make the score a little bit more respectable, uh, but but they really handled Michigan that first week. Uh, they they destroyed Syracuse in Yankee Stadium, but I think we all knew Syracuse had no business on the same field as Notre Dame, and that was one of the few picks all year long when I was like, this this is a winner right here. This I know this pick is good. I picked Notre Dame because there's never a consensus upset. There's never an upset where everyone knows the upset is coming. The upsets in college football are completely, I mean, they're shockers. You have no, no one can see them coming. So when everyone was picking Syracuse to win, that just solidified my picking Notre Dame. I knew they were going to win that game. So even that, I mean, they destroyed Syracuse. It's really not an impressive win. Um, Clemson, similar to Notre Dame, might have, they might have a worse r- resume than Notre Dame does. Uh, playing in the ACC, who I mean, honestly, if you were to make an argument, the ACC might even be the second worst conference uh, to the Pac-12. I could make an argument. The Big 12 is better as a whole, as an entire conference. They are, the Big 12 is better than the ACC because the Big 12 has Oklahoma, they got Texas, they got West Virginia. Uh, the ACC, they have Clemson. I think Miami's unranked. I think the next ranked team is NC State. So I mean, the ACC isn't that great. Uh, either Clemson hasn't played that hasn't had a real dominant schedule, but they've been dominant week in and week out. They've left nothing up for debate. Has Clemson? They've dominated everyone. So while playing a weak schedule, they've been playing how you expect the number two team in the country to play against unranked schools. So I mean, Clemson. There's no 
resume bias against them. There is a resume bias uh, against Notre Dame because they don't have – well, number one, they don't play in a conference, and number two, their schedule this year was not good. They played Stanford, who wasn't as good as uh, some of us hoped, looking to point it at myself here. Uh, they played Michigan, which was a good game. They won, but it was so long ago, everyone kind of took away credit from that. And that was it. They played Syracuse, who was ranked, but, I mean, obviously the inferior team. Uh, and then they didn't have a conference championship, so they didn't also didn't play – a ranked school if they did have they obviously if they weren't in a conference they would have played another ranked school and i think that's actually going to come into play because they have technically what is an extra week off from every other school because they didn't play in a conference championship and i think you're actually going to see the effects of rest versus rust because while notre dame was sitting back and, and watching tape you can call it whatever you want other schools were still playing in meaningful games conference championships uh, as was Clemson. So I think that's actually going to take a toll. Too much rest is actually a bad thing for teams. Everyone says, well, we got to rest up our guys. We got to keep them healthy. That's true. You want to keep your guys fresh, but too much rest, it, it turns into rust. Uh, I already said that. But I think Notre Dame, you're going to see it early. I think you're really going to see them get punched in the mouth. Like there's going to be a few, I mean, just stoppage of drives. Clemson's uh, defense is just going to enter in the backfield and just introduce themselves to Ian Book. Uh, and then the turf, and I think Notre Dame's good. they're going to get caught. I mean, they're going to get caught real early behind. They're going to have to throw the ball, which they're not very. They're better at throwing the ball with Ian Book than they were with Brandon Wimbush. But they're not. They're not Oklahoma. Yeah, they're not. They're not someone who's going to put up 40 points and still have to chase down teams. So I think Clemson will put these guys away early. I think it's going. They're going to pull away. I'll take Clemson in this one, 37 to 14. Both of these semifinal games are going to be bad. I'm going to be honest with you. They're not going to be high-quality games. The first one, I 37-14, that tells you all you need to know. Uh, the second game, I have another blowout. I'm sure you can guess who I'm picking, but we're going to pick them anyway right now. We're, this is the appetizer for the main course, the National Championship Part 4. And I think this should be the last year. I mean, obviously, the NCAA can't ban the two schools from playing each other, but I think, as a fan, this is it. I think this is... One of the best Clemson teams against one of the best Alabama teams that we've seen in a long time. I think four is great. Four years in a row, that's a long time, but I think this should be the last one. Someone's got to knock off one of those two schools. I mean, this this should be the last one, and then we got to get some more schools in there. I mean, someone's got to beat Alabama. Someone's got to beat Clemson. We're going to the Orange Bowl, and that game's going to be fantastic. I mean, these have been the two best schools week in and week out hands down so we're getting i don't know what people are complaining about oh i'm tired of seeing alabama i'm tired of seeing Clemson. aren't don't isn't the idea of the playoff to get the very best two teams in the national championship so every year alabama and clemson they've met each other they've been the best two teams in college football so what is the problem if we're getting if they are the two best teams consistently what's the problem we're seeing the best teams play each other every single it's it's way better than just seeing different schools who maybe aren't the best and they kind of squeak their way into the playoff and they got a lucky fumble recovery for a touchdown to get in the national championship. Like, this is great. I actually think this rivalry, Clemson-Alabama, four years in a row, I think it's good because you are seeing by far the best two teams in the entire country play each other on the biggest stage. So I think I think this is good. Maybe one more. Maybe this year and then someone else has got to win it. But if they're the best two teams then what's the problem? They're the best team. Those are the most deserving to get in the title game. So with that, uh, the Orange Bowl Saturday, December 29th. This one's going to be at 5 o'clock Pacific. 
uh, you can change your clock to uh, figure out what time that's going to be on for you. Uh, that's going to be a night game. Oklahoma and Alabama. The Oklahoma's another team. Look, they are in over their heads. They gave Georgia all they can handle last year uh, in the Rose Bowl. But let me tell you something. They're not playing Georgia this year. They're playing one of the best Alabama teams in the Nick Saban era. Maybe one of the best Alabama teams of all time. They're playing one of the best college football teams of all time. And I'm not exact. I've been on the the Alabama bandwagon since week one. You know this. Uh, if, you, if you've been listening, you know I've been with Alabama since since day one. This is one of the best college football teams we've ever seen. Now, do I think they're going to be like 0-1 Miami and have a bunch of Hall of Famers? And no, I don't know. I mean, only time will tell. But as far as college football goes, this is one of the, the best ever. This Alabama team is one of the greatest teams of all time, namely because of Tua Togabailo, who was robbed robbed of the Heisman Trophy, and that's going to come into play uh, in this game uh, against Oklahoma. A lot of Alabama players, as soon as the Heisman Trophy was awarded, they took to Twitter. They were not happy about it. I was not happy about it, but I am happy about this. I did say Ohio State was the more, the more deserving team of the playoff than Oklahoma, but I didn't realize until uh, quite recently. Kyler Murray is going to be going head-to-head with Tua Tagovailoa. We're going to be able to see on the same field, in the same game, who is the be- who plays better one-on-one. Well, not really one-on-one, but head-to-head. Kyler Murray or Tua Tagovailoa. Who's going to have the better game? Whose team's going to win? And I think, I mean, obviously you can't take away the Heisman and give it to Tua, but people will know. People are going to see the true results. Or you know, people are going to have have the truth spoon-fed to them. The truth must be told, not sold. That's a, that's a prime time quote. Dion. <laughs> Oklahoma's going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game by a lot. Well, hang on. Let me get into, I'm getting into my whole, my whole rant here. Alabama, like I said, I forgot to mention it. Well, I mentioned, but I forgot to elaborate on that. Alabama is also missing three players, as is Clemson. They are missing some bigger pieces than uh, Clemson. These players are out due to a violation of team rules, not a drug offense. Uh, they're missing a starting guard, Deontay Brown. He is another NFL prospect, as was Dexter Lawrence, or as is Dexter Lawrence. Tight end, Kendrick James, and offensive lineman, Elliot Baker. Now, they have, of those three, two of them are starters, and Clemson, only of their three, only has one starter. So I guess you can make the argument Alabama's going to be missing more. I, it's not going to factor in. It's not going to factor in at all for either team. Uh, Alabama's going to dominate. Look, Oklahoma, I'll give them this. They're one of the only teams in college football who has the capacity to score with Alabama, to score with Alabama. You know, they can put up points in a hurry. We all know that Oklahoma, they, I think they have the highest scoring offense in the country. Uh, I also said Ohio State could put up a bunch of, bunch of points, but, I mean, I lost that argument. We're not going to bring that up again. But do they have the capability to score on Alabama? Everyone's so focused on the Alabama offense, which they should be because it's one of the most exciting teams in the whole country. But people are forgetting it's still an Alabama Nick Saban coach defense. They can get stops and they can take uh, more gambles because they know they don't have to keep games 20. They don't have to keep teams under 20 points because Tua Togabailoa can pick up the slack and, 
and score 40 on any given night. He will most likely play that game. He said right now he's at 80%. Uh, I don't see him having a miraculous turnaround and being at full strength come Saturday, but he will most likely play. All of this is all it's going to take for this snowball to get thrown off the mountain is for Alabama to get one stop. They just need one stop and then to score on the ensuing drive. And the game is over because Oklahoma is not going to stop Alabama once. They're not going to stop them one time. So all Alabama needs is one stop and the game is over. So, and I think eventually it's just going to they're just going to wear down Oklahoma. They're going to get one stop and they're going to turn a mountain they're going to make a mountain out of a molehill. It's going to be a seven-point lead, and all of a sudden, hey, it's a 14-point lead. Hey, now it's a 17-point lead. We're going into halftime. Now it's a 20-point lead. They keep getting field goals, and then it's a 27-point lead. It's, it's just going to get out of hand. I have Alabama. Where's my score here? 55-30. to 30. So I have Oklahoma scoring points. So for those of you who are betting, uh, take the over. Right here, I have 85 points here. So there will be points scored in this game, but Alabama's just going to score, score a whole lot more. I am not so there. Uh, I have Clemson winning the Cotton and Alabama winning the Orange. I am not doing a national championship pick right now. I'm going to do one, but not today. I think it would be unwise of me to make a national championship pick when what, these games haven't even been played. I mean, I think I'm going to be right. I think Clemson and Alabama are going to win, but I mean, we don't know for sure. Um, and I think it'd be unwise of me to pick these games without having even seen these teams. Like we, like I said, we haven't seen any college. I haven't seen any real college football, specifically these teams, in a long time. So I mean, they could come out flat. They could look. I mean, we don't know what these teams are going to look like. So uh, you can take a rain check on that. However, we will be making a national championship pick, just not, uh, just not today. But those are those are your picks for, for these playoff games: Alabama and Clemson, Part Four. Let's go ahead and get into our quote of the week. We do this every single episode. We close out the show on a high note. That's what I like to tell myself. I like to convince myself that we close the show on a high note, even though we more than often we don't. It's not. It's really not a great ending to the show. It's not the smoothest ending. But hey, sometimes when you're on a plane, you have you have a bumpy landing, but you gotta appreciate the flight. Even though most of our flights here are extremely turbulent as well. Sometimes you just have to drive instead of flying. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. I don't even know, I don't even know what that means. Uh, quote of the week. Here we go. It's not, and I'm being honest with you. If you're cutting out right now, I, I hold nothing against you. It's not one of our better quote of the weeks, quotes of the week. Um, but it is something that I thought was very interesting. It caught my attention. And it's something that is very alarming to me. And I talked about this last week. I went on a huge rant. I think I went on for like 30 minutes on this. Uh, this is kind of like a, a footnote to that. It's not going to be 30 minutes, maybe maybe 10 minutes. We'll see. Uh, quote, I felt a pop, LeBron James, on his groin injury that he suffered in the third quarter uh, against the Warriors on Christmas Day. That was two days ago. Uh, the MRI results came back, and it said it was negative. nothing wrong. He'll miss some games, but nothing severe and then today actually as i was doing my notes for the show i was getting ready to start recording i got a notification from i'm not going to give them any more credit because they don't need any more clout uh but i got a notification from a very specific sports news app you, you know who i'm talking about but i'm not going to say their name because they don't deserve any more free press um and it said the lebron groin injury is 
significant quote. There's another a second quote of the week, significant. And LeBron is expected to miss, and they said it again, significant amount of time, several games. And this is uh, extremely alarming. This is extremely alarming for the Lakers and for maybe not so much for LeBron James, but for the greater good of the Laker organization. Because I said last week, if they're not able to bring in Anthony Davis or any other stars, not only is LeBron leaving, they're going to have to start from step one. They're going to have to start over and rebuild the entire thing. Because LeBron and all Lance Stevenson, Tyson Chandler, they're all leaving. They're only there because of LeBron James. And I said, and I guess maybe this is my fault. Maybe this whole thing is, you can blame me. Uh, I said last week he's never been hurt. He played all 82 games last year. And then I think, was it two games later, this happens. He's a sprained groin, and he's expected to miss several games. Look, LeBron James is the most durable player in the history of sports. And I mean that. I mean, that's, he's, he's, the most durable, he's the most durable player ever. That's, that's a fact. You can't argue that. But, and I'm not going to start I'm not going to start the father time conversation because that's ridiculous. I mean, I hate when people do that. Someone's getting not even old, but is a veteran in the league and they tweak their ankle or whatever. Just something happens and you think father time is kept like, come on. Like, I hate, so I'm not going to start that conversation. But I do think this adds to my point I made last week about the Lakers. They have to make a move, they have to bring in someone else other than LeBron James. Number one, because LeBron cannot win a title by himself. He just can't, especially with this team, he can't. Well, he can't win a title by himself, period. I mean, we saw last year in Cleveland, he was just outgunned by the Warriors. I mean, the Cavs, didn't, they didn't stand a chance, and it's not LeBron's fault, it's the Cavs' fault. The Cavs did not do a good job of bringing a, a worthy supporting cast around. They tried, and Kyrie Irving said, I'm out. Kevin Love was, you know, inconsistent with injuries, and he had mental health, which we're not going to... We're not going to rip him for mental health whatsoever. I mean, zero. But, I mean, he wasn't around all the time towards the end of the, the second Cleveland tenure. But the Lakers need to bring in someone else, number one, to win championships with LeBron, but number two, to win championships without LeBron. This, these next few weeks that he's going to be out, this should be uh, a telltale sign or a cautionary tale for the Lakers this is what life without LeBron can look without LeBron and anyone else could look like. I don't expect them to go into a huge slump and lose every single game, but they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. I firmly believe they're going to struggle. I know they and don't I know they blew out the Warriors. They destroyed them. But that game was that game was not fabricated. I wouldn't use that word, but it, it was almost fool's gold is what it was because the Warriors wanted to be anywhere else on this planet. Other than Oracle Arena playing basketball. It was Christmas Day. They wanted to be at home. It was a night game, so they had they probably all woke up. I mean, they just looked flat. They didn't want to play. So I think that game, yeah, they won. They blew them out. But I I wouldn't say that the Lakers are favorites to beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. I wouldn't say that the Lakers are better than the Warriors at all, or even maybe even close to the Warriors, even though they just beat them. But the Warriors did not want to be out there. I mean, that's if the Warriors have their full attention, they're in the playoffs. I'm still picking the Warriors. So don't don't tell me that the Lakers without LeBron are going to be just fine because they're not. They're going to struggle over these next few weeks. And I think Magic Johnson should take very close attention to this and realize LeBron's not going to be here forever. 
And what is your plan for when he is gone, when he retires or when he leaves the Lakers, which I think I don't think this is his last stop. I think he will go somewhere else, but I don't think he's going to resign with the Lakers. So you need to be prepared for life without LeBron, which is coming quicker than it's going to be here quicker than you think. In two, because he has a four-year deal with a player option after three. I think he'll leave after three. So you really only have two years. You really only have two years to get the job done. And I think this is uh, going to serve as a wake-up call for Magic Johnson. I think you're going to start hearing a lot of Laker rumors over the next few weeks when LeBron is hurt. Lakers are shopping around this guy. Lakers are inquiring about this all-star. I mean, you're going to hear a lot of stuff because Magic Johnson is going to start to... He's going to sit down in his $40 million mansion and he's going to look at the sunset and drink his mimosas and he's going to have a reflection period and say... Steven was right. Okay, he's not going to say that. But the point is, I think he's going to really start to assess things and start to plan out what the Lakers' uh, plan is. What are they going to do post-LeBron? Because post-LeBron is coming sooner than you think. That is how we're going to end the show. That's how we're going to end this year. It's the last show of 2018. It's the last quote of the week in 2018. So I felt like, I think that was pretty good. I think that was a pretty solid ending. I mean, a Lakers story, a LeBron story, a, a sprinkle in some magic in there. I mean, not bad if you ask me. You can listen to the Crowd Noise podcast on Anchor. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever uh, podcasts are sold. I want to thank you guys for joining me today and joining me for, you know, this this first year. It's not a full calendar year for Crowd Noise, but we started in 2018 in August. Uh, we've had more and more. I know I make a lot of jokes, but we make we get uh, more listeners every single week. Um, I appreciate you guys so much. I want to wish you good luck into the new year. I hope you are extending that to me. If not, that's fine. That's fine because I, I get if you don't. Sometimes I can ramble on and get pretty annoying. So I get if you, I get if you don't want to wish me good luck. It's okay. But I will wish you good luck. Um, I will talk to you next week. Happy New Year. <laughs>